excited to have this guest joining me today. Oh. Hey, everybody, really excited to have this guest joining me today. This has been in the works for a few weeks and finally glad uh, we could find a time to making, make it happen. Joining me is Xavier Scruggs, who's a former Major League Baseball player who spent time with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Miami Marlins, uh, also has professional playing experience in both Mexico and Korea. He currently runs a baseball training facility that I also help out with in Tampa, Florida, called Extraordinary Athletes. It is focused on helping players become better baseball players and human beings with a focus on mental skills. So really excited to talk about this, Xavier's time playing in the big leagues and picking his brain on what it takes takes to go to the next level. So with all that, Xavier, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on the podcast. Yeah, Tyler, thank you for having me. Uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the introduction um, and excited to get it going. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, Xavier, really going to focus on your major league playing days. Uh, I know a lot of my listeners will be really interested in the stories you have, and especially the people back in the Ozarks who watch you play for the AA Cardinals. But first, I want to kind of talk about how we connected, because I think it goes to show just how important networking is in not only business, but life and how coincidental life can be sometimes. So a little backstory, and, and I apologize, Xavier, for kind of the long uh, extra intro here, but I followed Xavier having grown up in uh, Springfield, Missouri and going to Springfield Cardinals games. He came through the Cardinals minor league system, like I just mentioned, before getting the call to St. Louis. So I uh, became familiar with Xavier in around 2010, 2011, and uh, kind of a funny story to go along with it. So I have a buddy of mine who's a huge Cardinals fan, and as you all know, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan. Um, but I was playing general manager one day, as I sometimes do, and uh, I was sitting at a Tennessee Smokies game in 2012 or 2013. That's the Cubs double-A team. And I texted this buddy of mine and was like, man, I wish the Cubs could pull off a trade for Xavier Scruggs. And at this time, the Cubs farm system was not doing real well. And of course, well, we won't talk about those days uh, at Wrigley Field. And so uh, I thought we could get someone like Xavier to help bolster these rosters. And uh my buddies, the Cardinals fan replied with, quote, no man, Xavier's ours, end of quote. Uh, so kind of a funny backstory there. And uh, we ended up connecting on Facebook, had a couple conversations regarding extraordinary athletes a couple months ago. And that turned into me taking a trip to Tampa to meet up with Xavier and see the facility. So it turns out we also have some mutual friends from Missouri and from my time with the Cubs. And then ironically, Xavier's dad is also retired out of the human resources industry, which is the field I am in. So go figure on how everything kind of came together and how the importance of networking can lead you to the next step and whatever it is you choose to do. So I say all that to say, uh, I don't know if it's coincidence or if it just kind of everything just kind of came out and worked, worked together like that. What, what do you think there, Xavier? Yeah. Yeah. I just think that, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to connect. I feel like, we have uh, similar morals and values and we have similar interests. So I feel like um, our connection has been great to stay the least. And, you know, as, as long as we can keep moving forward with the, the foundation of our, you know, friendship and relationship and business um, yep. aspect to it as well, then, you know, the sky's the limit for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited. Uh, and I'm going to post a link uh, to Extraordinary Athletes uh, on the on the episode page uh, that I use. The platform I use is Anchor, so I'll make sure and link that. But, you know, going to Tampa, seeing the facility, and then just really seeing what it's 
what the facility is trying to do. It's not just, you know, hey, here's a former Major League Baseball player who's opening a facility. It's totally almost opposite. It's I'm here to help people. I'm here to, you know, I want to make me people better human beings first. And then hopefully that translates into better baseball players. And, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Xavier, but kind of talk a little bit about that and, and really what this, how this all started and came about in terms of the facility and extraordinary athletes. And then what, what's kind of your purpose for wanting to, to do something like this? I know I kind of uh, said a little bit about that just now, but if you wouldn't mind expanding on that before we kind of talk about your playing career. Yeah, Extraordinary Athletes is, has been a passion of mine for quite a while now. Um, and I have to say that it began when I was younger in high school, just when my mom would point out some super talented athletes and not just mention how well they played on the field or on the court or on the ice, but she mentioned to me how well-rounded of a person that they were that this person may be giving back to the community. They may be trying to build businesses that help give back to the community. Um, you know, that in some way or shape or form, they had been affecting their community in a positive way and affecting this world in a positive way. So I had always been interested in that. I've always been interested in learning how athletes could use other avenues to, um, you know, maximize their platform. So it was important for me to kind of figure out how could I do this? And then eventually it's turned into throughout my career, how can I pass this along to other athletes? How can I pass this along to younger people? How can I pass it along to amateur and professional athletes as well? Um, I think it's so important for these athletes to use their influence and use their platform in, in a positive way. So in order for us to do that, we have to understand um, you know, certain things. As athletes, we oftentimes are told to be leaders or we're told to set goals for ourselves or we're told to have self-discipline. Um, so I think the foundation of those things start with understanding what those mean. And I feel like since we're so often just expected to know those things, uh, I think it's important for us to teach athletes what those mean. Um, so for me, Extraordinary Athletes is is an environment where athletes can come together and learn those types of things and learn them in a way that's engaging and, and keeps their attention. Because we know today, especially how fast paced this society is, um, it's hard to keep our attention span on certain things. Um, and our attention span is so small nowadays. So I want to do it in a game-based way, um, motivational speaking type way, workshops, seminars, however is best to keep those athletes really entertained and really focused on uh, what we're trying to provide for them. So that's just always kind of been a passion for me, um, you know, and I think it's hugely important in today's world, in today's society, um, that we teach athletes how to use their influence and use their platform in a positive way. For sure. I agree 100%. And, and, you know, Xavier, it's one of those things. And I've, as I've kind of, you know, been, been working with you over the last two months with it, I can just really see the passion, you know, the daily Instagram posts, the, obviously the conversations I've had with you and then the, you know, the testimonials I've, I have seen that have come through and it's really more about, it definitely is wanting to help people become better. And I recently had a high school baseball coach on who told on the show, who told me that, and we were kind of talking, you know, when I got to the college level, I did some college coaching and coaching philosophies. We were, we were talking about this in the last episode, 
it's not necessarily make them better players first. It's make them better human beings first. And then that will translate into things like hard work, you know, work ethic, doing the right thing, you know, both on and off the floor or the baseball field. And that in turn lays the foundation for making them a better player. And so that's why I, you know, one of the reasons I joined was uh, that kind of philosophy is, is really built in this. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm glad that that's something that attracted you um, to, you know, what we're trying to do. Um, it's been a philosophy from day one. Um, I understand that being an athlete is not everything, uh, but at the same time, you can use uh, what you've learned along the way to to provide for other people, to touch your community in a positive way. Um, so those things have always kind of been important for me, and I'm glad that you're getting an opportunity to to put your foot in and put put your touch on things as well. For sure, for sure. Looking forward to uh, to seeing where it goes um, moving forward and everything. And and now really want to kind of talk about uh, the athlete part. Obviously, you already mentioned you played in the big leagues, and and again, it's just kind of ironic here. I'm uh, sitting right down the street. Uh, uh, from your former employer, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, where you were, um, you know, you were drafted by the Cardinals. But even before that, you know, you um, play, you grew up in California, you had a, a, a decent high school career or good high school career. And then you were actually drafted by the Seattle Mariners in the 50th round, uh, but chose, you know, not to sign and, and went to UNLV for three years instead. So could you kind of talk about uh, first growing up in California, uh, your high school career, and then what led you to UNLV versus maybe signing with the, the Mariners or, or um, you know, choosing to wait and, and get that college degree or that college education? Yeah, I decided to, uh, you know, college was always something that was enforced, not necessarily enforced, but really um, something that my parents had talked about and, and, and expressed that it was important to get a college education because you know no matter how good you are at sports or no how no matter how athletic you are um, you can get hurt at any time things happen you know so you need to have something else to fall back on you need to have something else that you're interested in um, so as i grew up in, in poway um, california southern california um, north county san diego um, you know, playing three different sports, baseball, basketball, football, I was always a pretty athletic kid, um, you know, but at the same time, I knew how important college was for me. That was kind of like the, the exciting next level. And um, I saw when I was a freshman, sophomore, I saw some of my teammates, some of the people that I played with, some of the people I played against getting an opportunity to get a college scholarship and go on and play at the next level and play at D1 level. I, so for me, it was always a goal to play at a D1 college. Um, my parents used to take me to their uh, D1 baseball school college that, college that they went to, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. That's where Ozzie Smith went to school. They were good friends with Ozzie Smith, um, obviously a Cardinal legend. Uh, so somebody that I was able to talk to, kind of pick his brain, um, wow. you know, and it was, it was, it was because of mentors like that where I was able to learn a lot about the next level. And so my focus was always really locked in on being a good college baseball player, giving myself an opportunity to get drafted. Um, so when, 
you know, having a good high school career and then getting the opportunity to get drafted by the Mariners, it just reassured me that I was good enough to go to college, perform well, and then hopefully get drafted within the next um, three years and give myself another opportunity. So um, that was kind of always my focus. I was excited to go to college. I was excited to experience um, that college lifestyle, and I was excited to do it in Las Vegas. So when I had opportunity to sign there, it was, um, you know, almost a no doubter because I visited the school. I saw kind of what it the scene was around there. And then I saw the integrity from the coaches and how much they wanted me to be there. And it it was uh, all the other schools kind of didn't match that. So I was able to make that decision and I'm very happy and that everything turned out well. Absolutely. And, and I, I was laughing there when you said Las Vegas, because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, an 18, 19 year old kid going to Las Vegas. What was, you know, and, and, and I'm talking baseball aside, but, you know, you're going to spend the next three to four years there as a college, you know, college kid uh, in Las Vegas. Was that something that kind of uh, I guess I'll let you I'll hear it from you. What uh, what was that experience like and what was uh, is UNLV kind of that? party school type of atmosphere because of where it's located or is it kind of does it kind of separate itself from the las vegas that most people would would think of uh i would say that it's you know being two minutes away from the las vegas strip it's it's right there <laughs> with the party scene um you know it's it's a university where you're going to be exposed to a lot of different things maybe some things that you don't want to be exposed to yeah. but for me i was so focused and locked in on baseball and getting an opportunity to go to the next level, I really attempted to not let distractions get in the way of that. Uh, obviously, being a, a young player, being somebody that was never 21 and, until I was actually drafted, um, you know, I, I, I had a young mind, so I wanted to experience different types of things, and I found myself in trouble sometimes as well. So uh, yeah, but it yeah. was always important for me to get right back on track because I knew I didn't want baseball to be taken away from me. And uh, so it was always important for me to make sure that baseball came first, make sure I was taking care of my business on and off the field uh, to to also prepare myself for that next level, because I knew just being a college baseball player wasn't going to be it for me. I knew just getting drafted wasn't going to be it for me. I had bigger and better goals, bigger aspirations. So I really tried to stick to that. And I knew I'd be doing myself a disservice if I dabbled in everything that didn't have anything to do with where I wanted my future to be. So that being said, it was an amazing experience. I had a lot of friends that I met there, people that I still talk to today. Um, you know, I met my my best best friend there who was my best man in my wedding. His name is Kyle Kretschmer, somebody that uh, I can lean on and talk to about any situation. So, you you know, you develop relationships there that last a long time and you meet some people that really impact the rest of your life. And, and I'm glad that I had the opportunity. Absolutely. And I appreciate you you sharing that to our listeners, because it is, you know, and the reason I kind of framed that question that way was to show that 
you know, if you're really focused on, you know, the next level, you have to eliminate whether that's Vegas or, you know, Chicago or, or any big or just anywhere, you know, when you're in college and, and you really want to keep the focus on making it to the next level and, and not having distractions. So I appreciate you uh, uh, giving that insight. And, and hopefully our listeners uh, will be able to take something away from that where it's, you know, baseball is there, you know, academics first, obviously, but then, you know, they're focused on to making it to the next level. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you hit it right on the head. I think that's that's important for all people to understand, not just athletes, but people in different mm-hmm. industries. Um, you know, distractions are going to come and go and there's going to be noise in the outside. There's you know, there's always going to be s- obstacles and struggles and hurdles. But if you have a vision to where where you want to go one day, you got to stay locked in on that. Absolutely. And, and talking about getting drafted. So you, you're drafted in 2008, uh, 19th round by the Cardinals as a first baseman. So I uh, want to kind of uh, talk about this. At that time, the Cardinals had a first baseman, a, a pretty good one, I would say, in Albert Pujols. Uh, I'm being kind of sarcastic there. No doubt going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, so what were those conversations like knowing, you know, you're drafted as a first baseman, but you also have a future Hall of Famer in St. Louis playing first base. So are there talks about being converted? Do they let you in on what the plan is for some of these guys when their contract is up? Or do they tell you, hey, we may trade you before you reach the MLB? Or are organizations not saying anything at all? Are they just drafting you and you're, you're signing and going and playing? Yeah, there's not too many talks um, just because – you know, you're so far down the totem pole that, that may not even affect you one day, you know. Yeah. So um, you got to remember that there's going to be t- 10 to 15 other first basemen in the organization once you sign, uh, once you join that specific organization. Um, so Al- Albert Pujols obviously is was even untouchable to, to the AAA third base, uh, first baseman, I'm sorry. So um, for me, there was there was no talks. It was just, hey, I got to get myself better to even get myself give myself a chance to play at the major league level. Um, you know, deciding what position that was going to be, or necessarily what aspect that was going to look like, that wasn't really for me to decide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I just kind of put my head down and and got to work. Um, so to answer your question, there's there's no real talks, you know, because. Um, being in the draft in the 19th round, you're almost not even expected to make it necessarily to the big leagues. Um, so it was just important for me to just get better along the way, continue to keep working day after day, try to give myself the best opportunity to get looked at by the other 29 teams as well. Uh, because when you have somebody in front of you, um, it may not even be you know a Hall of Famer like Albert Pujols. It could be just uh, a normal uh, normal player that's in the lineup, you know, you still have to perform at a high level. So uh, it was important for me just to focus on what I could do to help the team, how I could get better myself, and then, you know, just look at some of those guys at the major league level and say, hey, this is what I need to be doing in order to get to that type of level and uh, just preparing myself every day to get better. Absolutely. And, and I think that goes along as we were talking about earlier with business and just life in general, you know, you there, uh, I had a, a coach in college 
her motto was uh, control what you can control. And she preached that, you know, to, to her athletes. And it sounds like in this situation, you know, you were just controlling what you could control. And that was showing up every day, getting better, doing the best job you can, and things will fall into place. And, and it turned out they did fall into place for you. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't really worry about, you know, some of those factors because like, like I said, Albert Pujols was gone before I even got to the big leagues. So, um, and, and that's goes along with a lot of different players. You can get traded, released, you know, so many different factors, so many different things can happen. So really all you can do is like you said, control what you can control, get better every day. And that's, that's something I preach to a lot of the players today. A lot of the athletes is, you know, you oftentimes just because it's our nature to compare ourselves to other people and compare success. No, I think you have to be focused on doing what you can do to get better every single day. And the more you worry about somebody else, the more you worry about comparing yourself, the less time you're putting on to getting getting yourself better. So that's that's kind of how I approach that. Definitely. And, and, uh, really value, you know, that type of mindset and, and appreciate you that, uh, offering that to our listeners. So, um, and, and with that too, so you came up through the Cardinal system and, and a lot of my listeners are going to be from the Ozarks. So I have to ask you about this playing in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, you know, you have a $32 million facility an indoor training facility there, uh, just a state-of-the-art facility that's Hammonds Field in Springfield, Missouri. So can you talk about, you know, playing in Springfield and then the facilities compared to, to other minor league park, parks and just, you know, your your time in Springfield, just kind of touch on that a little bit. Yeah, when I first got to Springfield, um, you know, it was almost like as far as the atmosphere goes, it was almost like I had reached the highest level because, you know, you get – a good amount of fans every day you have like you said a state-of-the-art facility um you know great great hitters park for me um, you know great mentors and teachers and coaches um, that were at that level um, great teammates so just uh the ability to play there um and, and i was there for almost uh three years throughout my career uh, my minor league career so i definitely spent a lot of time there and definitely became very comfortable within the city. Um, so I have no, nothing bad to say about that place. It's always been um, a special place in my heart because, um, like I said, I played there for a long period of time. I got to meet a lot of people around the city, uh, a lot of opportunity to get into the community. And um, it's it, it was a fun place to play. Absolutely. And I'm just going through here looking at some of those rosters and how many, you know, obviously you you had time in the big leagues and, and Mike Schilt was the manager during that time. Uh, now the Cardinals manager, uh, Philip Wellman, with hitting coach, had a lot of success uh, coaching the minors. But I'm just looking at all of the players that you, you know, came through Springfield while you were there. You know, your 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 Colton Wong, you know, Colton Wong, Matt Carpenter was down there, Jaime Garcia, Michael Walker, all guys having an impact. So what was that like for you? Um, obviously you hadn't been to the big leagues yet, but kind of surrounding yourself with, with, I mean, those are some, some pretty big names as well. So what was it like playing with some of those guys and, and being able to really learn and then, you know, get to St. Louis and be with some of these guys with the big league club? Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, obviously when you're playing with great guys around you like that, it just makes you better as an athlete and it makes you want to learn more. It makes you want to compete at a higher level. 
Um, so just being around a lot of those guys was an amazing experience. Um, I think in 2012, we won a double A championship uh, with a lot of those um, high level athletes that are, are some are still in the big leagues today. Um, so that was that's what made it a lot of fun. You get you're around great guys, great competition. Um, it just motivates you and pushes you to be better. Um, in, and also uh, around a guy like Mike Schilt, a uh, great people person, uh, a great manager. He's going to always motivate the guys to be better as well. And he's going to f- get the best out of his players. So it was it was amazing to be a part of that. Absolutely. And and let's talk about now. I want to talk about you getting the call to the big leagues. Uh, give our listeners, if you wouldn't mind, some insight into uh, kind of how that all transpired, maybe the story that went into, you know, how you found out you were going up to the big league club. And then I also want to talk about uh, you. So you hit your first major league homer. I believe it was in Pittsburgh. Um, so talk about that experience and just uh, the excitement you felt when that happened and, and just kind of put our, if you wouldn't mind, put our listeners in, in kind of your shoes and uh, getting that call up and hitting your first major league uh, home run, what that was like. Yeah, the call up in 2014 is is pretty indescribable. You know, you've worked so hard for your goals. You've worked so hard throughout your whole life to accomplish a goal like that. It's fun going through the process of hard work, you know, all those blood, sweat and tears. But when you actually get to see something that you've been envisioning for so long actually occur, it's, you know, it's just so cool is there's no better word to use but it's cool you know you you've done something your whole life and you've wanted something for so long and you finally see it come into fruition it's just amazing um it's awesome to have somebody kind of telling me hey you were going up to the big leagues and you're going to play in pit i believe it was milwaukee at the time mm-hmm. and so playing there was an amazing experience. Absolutely. And, and Hello? Oh, yeah. Are you still there? Are you still there, Xavier? Hello? Are you still there? Hello? Are you still there? Are you still there? Hello? Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. Technical difficulties. <laughs> um, can you hear me okay now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Sorry about that. Um, having some technical difficulties there. So um, you get called up and, and you're playing in Milwaukee. What was, um, how, how did you find out you were going up? Did you get called in after a game and told, hey, the big league club's calling you up? Were you called, uh, were you on the road and called at the hotel? What was, what, what was the story behind, uh, how did you find out you were going up? Yeah, I found out we were on the road. We were playing a playoff game against the Omaha Storm Chasers, I believe, after the first playoff game. Um, Pop Warner, who was my manager at the time, called me in, let me know that I was going up to the show. Uh, I was super excited. First person I called was my dad. Had to tell him. He was actually on a work trip, I believe, at the time. And then I I told my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, Jessica, 
Uh, I had told my mom and my best friends. So it was something that I'll just never forget having the opportunity to tell all my family members, all my friends that I had accomplished a goal and that they were going to see me on TV because the Cardinals are always on TV. Yep. Uh, so it was exciting to just have that opportunity to convey to all my friends and family that I had accomplished my life's biggest goal at the time. And knowing that I was going to be playing at the highest levels, like I, I was mentioning earlier, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into all that. And just knowing that it was coming into fruition was amazing. Absolutely. And, and going along with that, Xavier, what, um, so what advice would you give to, to players who aspire to play professional baseball? And what for you would you tell them, you know, if you knew then what you knew now, would you mind sharing some of that advice as well? Yeah, it was, it's actually something that I already kind of touched upon, and it's um, getting better every day. I think that that's um, an easy thing that's said, but it's tougher to do. It's tougher to focus on because a lot of times we get distracted by, you know, obstacles and, and struggles and hurdles and trials, tribulations. We got families, you know, we have friends that, you know, they want to hang out, but in order for you to really accomplish your goals, especially as a baseball player, and get to where you want to be, most of your focus has to be on your sport. You have to be locked in every day. You almost have to have a tunnel vision. And a lot of times that looks bad from the outside, but if you know something in your heart is what you want to go after, you have to be totally locked in on it. You can't um, sacrifice. You're going to have to set make a lot of sacrifices but one thing you can't do is sacrifice getting better. Um, so you have to take your time seriously. You have to manage your time well and find a way to get a little bit better, improve on something each day within the aspect of your game. Um, it could be defensively. It could be base running. It could be offensively. It could be mentally. Um, you know, it could be spiritually. You, whatever it may be, weightlifting, conditioning, all those things. There's so many aspects that go behind being an athlete. You have to find some way to improve your game every day. And you do that by not spending time on, you know, comparing yourself to others, not you know, looking at someone else's success and saying, oh, why, why can't I have that? Or I need to go after that. Or, you know, spending time questioning yourself, doubting yourself, um, not building yourself up. Those things take away from not getting better. So the one thing I always tell players is find a way, even if it's so small, to just get better every day. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100% on that. And and is that kind of walk me through to, you know, you had time in the show with with both the Cardinals and then the Miami Marlins. So um, and I assume I just, you know, kind of know you well enough to know what your what your work ethic and your mindset is uh, as you approach things. So I assume, you know, you carry that with you or I know you carried that with you in the big leagues. But talk about what was a day in the life of Xavier Scruggs, you know, here in St. Louis, you know, were you uh waking up and first thing was you know hitting the gym or, or kind of talk me through what a day in the life of a big leaguer is like yeah a day in the life of a big leaguer is, is probably a, mostly being someone that's focused um you know on baseball throughout the whole day it's almost like it's hard to take your mind off of what you're going to do later on that night 
you know, first thing you wake up in the morning is almost like, you know, thinking about, okay, who's pitching tonight? Who's, um, who's going to be available in the bullpen against me? Um, you know, who, who are we playing with those types of things kind of run through your mind. So for me, first thing in the morning is getting that, getting that coffee in me, getting a good breakfast and then watching video, watching video the night before what I did the night before in the game. Uh, who's going to be, you know, I'm going to be facing today coming up and what he's done in the past. Um, so like video was really important for me early in the morning, kind of get it locked into my brain um, before I even really start the day. And then, um, you know, just having an opportunity to I had my family a lot of times while I was in St. Louis and, and also with the Marlins. So just spending time with family is important. I think when you're doing the things that you love, being able to spend time with family who love watching you do it is just as important, putting good vibes in your in, in your day. Um, you know, and, and also another thing that I would do a lot of times is, is talk to mentors that I had, uh, baseball guys, and, and just to be able to keep my mind right, keep my mind positive. Um, you know, in this game, you fail so much you're going to need somebody to talk to daily who's going to bring your spirits back up, you know? So a lot of times that would be a mentor for me. Um, and, and then, you know, getting to the field, getting lunch and getting to the field early as a rookie, especially uh, I was a rookie with the, with the, with the Cardinals. So it was important for me to get to the field early, make sure I got my work in early by work. I'm talking about, uh, physical physical workouts that have to do with strength and and, and movement and mobility. Um, you want to get in there before a lot of those older guys get in there because um, you you want to show that you've already put the work in, you know, and, and you want to get out of their way. So it was important to get there early, get that type of stuff done, get physical therapy done, uh, whatever it may that may be, massage, mobility, uh, flexibility, um, getting that stuff done. Uh, you know, you may go and eat a little bit uh, before you go to the cage or before you take extra ground balls. Um, it was important for me, especially as a rookie, to make sure that I was always getting that extra work in, whether that be ground balls, whether that be extra work in the cage. Uh, John Mabry was my hitting coach at the time, so it was important to get work in with him. Um, and then Okendo, uh, infield work. So that that type of stuff was really important. Um, the cool thing about the Cardinals, too, I kind of mentioned, like, getting lunch in, like, you have the opportunity to order what you want, like on a menu that's on an iPad um, and they have somebody that's cooking, you know, basically 24 seven. So uh, those are some of the highlights of, of being in, in the big leagues that you don't get while you're in the minor league. So I try to take advantage of that as well, um, you know, because nutrition is so important. And then you find yourself getting ready for batting practice, um, you know, really enjoying looking around, seeing the sea of red seats um, before the fans even come in, um, you know, just enjoying the stadium views, uh, enjoying the the grounds and how perfect they are compared to minor league baseball. Um, and then also you get a chance to see some of your boys from the other team when their BP kind of gets going or when they start stretching, um, you know, and so that that's another cool thing. And then you go in and you you rest a little bit before the game starts and then you know, it's it's go time. The lights come on, um, you know, all the attention is on you and, and the team and, and you're out there for one goal. So it's uh, it's an exciting day, uh, to say the least. But getting out the opportunity to do it every day for baseball, you don't take it for granted. 
And, um, you know, it's something that I'll, I'll never forget, especially being in this in the St. Louis organization, just because they get so many fans. Um, you know, the games are so exciting and it brings so much energy to the field. Absolutely. I really enjoy, you know, and for me, I, you know, live right down the street from the stadium. So I'm very, uh, very fortunate to be able to win baseball uh, obviously not playing now, but when it was being able to just walk down the street and go to the game, and it is, you're right, Xavier, it's just, it's probably one of the nicest, if not the the top park in the country, or in the league, because it's, you know, like you were saying, the grounds are perfect, it's a beautiful stadium, beautiful, you know, you've got the arch in the background there, the the old courthouse, uh, you can see all those things, so it's a very, you know, open open stadium and it's just like you said the fans are definitely very passionate and then and it's no secret i'm a cubs fan but i do just admire you know the cardinals organization and and how they go about how they go about things and and the facilities facilities they have so i definitely uh definitely am getting almost jittery here listening to you uh say that you know what it's like to play there because it it makes me want to be down there playing as well (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just wasn't yes. quite good enough. I, I, I wasn't, uh, I don't even think my freshman year of high school when I quit playing, I don't even think scouts, I was even on a college uh, coach's radar. So, uh, but you can always still dream, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it was, it's been a, it was a great atmosphere to be a part of. And uh, like you said, it's, it's uncomparable to a lot of others. So it's, uh, it's something I'll, I'll never forget. Absolutely. And and last question here before we go into uh, our last segment, which is Tyler's five. Um, who was the biggest or, or if you you've already talked about kind of some of your mentors and stuff, but who were some of the biggest influences on on your career? And then lastly, too, um, as you're, you know, um, doing things with extraordinary athletes, what do you want people to to really, we I think we already touched on it a little bit with what extraordinary athletes is all about. So hopefully we're not rehashing the same question. But what is your, in terms of you being an influence on other people and you leveraging extraordinary athletes to do that? What is the biggest takeaway you want them to have from the work you're doing now and and what you've done in the past? Yeah, um, you know I think one of the biggest takeaways I want for them to to have is knowing that, you know, you can change the way that you think. Um, I think a lot of times we're so stuck in thinking one way, um, you know, and, and you know, our, our mind sometimes just works a certain way. But if we're able to kind of change our perspective on things and, and think more about others and think, uh, you know, a little less selfishly, I think we can really have an impact and see change um, in our society and in our world and the way we do things. So for me, I think it's just you got to be open minded and changing the way that you think, um, be willing to learn more. Um, you know, you, you you never learned everything there is to know. So I think it's important to continue to just learn and, and, and be taught, be open to being taught and being instructed. And, you know, I think those things are really important. And that's kind of just what I want to pass along. Um, I know that was the, the second part of your question, but if you can remind me what the first part of your question was. Yeah, who was uh, or what, who was or or if you have like a group of people, but the biggest influences on your career? Yeah, well, one of the biggest influences on the career was my father. He uh, he always kind of 
expressed to me, especially when I first got drafted, just don't have any regrets. And that's always stuck with me. I've always, you know, when there's been times in me thinking about kind of slacking off, but not necessarily slacking off, but thinking, okay, maybe I'm a little too tired to get this extra work in or, or do, you know, some extra drills. Like I always thought about his voice and him telling me, Hey, don't have any regrets. So it was always something that I said, you know what? I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to look back and say, man, I wish I did this or I wish I could have did this better. Or, you know, I wish I did this drill a little bit more. So um, I didn't want to have any regrets looking back. And I'm glad that he told me that because it really maximized uh, my time and how I thought about things as I approached my career. So definitely my father was was one of the biggest influences. And then guys that I played with, um, you know, just seeing the way that some of the guys that I played with worked. Um, yeah, guys like Jermaine Curtis, I came up with him for uh, most of my career and even played with him before my career even started with the Cardinals, um, playing with guys like Tommy Pham, uh, Randall Grichuk, uh, Colton Wong, just seeing the way some of these guys worked, um, watching guys like Yadier Molina just be a quiet but but very strong leader. Um, so those things I try to take off of him, uh, Adam Wainwright, Matt Holliday, um, the, the list goes on and on. The people that have really influenced my career, um, even guys like Barry Bonds playing with the Miami Marlins, learning things like that from him. He's kind of somebody that, you know, I, I picked up learning how to think differently. Don't think the same way as all other hitters. You can learn and think different other thing, different things. Uh, playing along guys like Christian Yelich, uh, Marcelo Zuna, Giancarlo Stanton. You pick up things from everybody. Everybody becomes an influence at some point. So I thought that that was really cool. Even guys that, you know, you don't want to do the same things, you still learn things from them as well. You learn not what not to do a lot of the times. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely guys have had an influence on my career. For sure. And then uh, definitely really enjoyed, you know, hearing your stories and, and really, again, just want to reiterate, you know, how much I, I enjoy working with you with extraordinary athletes and, and uh, always enjoy picking your brain. And, and uh, yeah, so uh, glad we could finally uh, make this happen. So uh, are you ready for the last segment here, Tyler's Five? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. And it's just five uh, random questions that have absolutely nothing to do with anything. And, it, and, and it's meant to kind of put you on the spot. So uh, so hopefully, uh, but hopefully they're not too difficult here. So uh, the first question, Xavier, is your favorite movie? Favorite movie is Remember the Titans. Awesome. Um, with Denzel Washington. That's definitely a, a good one for sure. Uh, hot dogs or brats? Hot dogs. I'm not a big sausage guy, but... Uh, definitely take a hot dog um, any day. For sure. Uh, if you could have played on one Super Bowl team, which one would that have been and why? One Super Bowl team? Um, I'll I'll go with playing, I guess, this, this last one with, um, I think, uh, Kansas City with Mahomes. I, I want to play with him. That would be awesome. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That uh, that was a definitely uh, and I'm not a huge football fan, but definitely uh, seeing you know the influence Kansas City had on the on the entire region and and seeing them you know win their first Super Bowl and and that's just always uh, you know you're happy for your friends who are fans. You know, I know a lot of people were happy for me, obviously when the Cubs won in 2016. So it's kind of nice to return the favor with the Chiefs. So uh, I definitely like that answer. Uh, favorite museum you have ever visited. 
Favorite museum? Huh. I'd have to say uh, this last one I've just recently visited is the uh, the Glacier Museum down here in Tampa for the kids. It's awesome, uh, like three story museum that uh, kids kind of get to have fun and enjoy and, and play, and it's it's been cool to see my son kind of interact there. For sure, for sure. Uh, and then last question, Xavier, and and. Uh, Please pardon me because we're basically, uh, I'm asking you a question that's opposite of good nutrition, but uh, Wendy's or McDonald's? Wendy's or McDonald's? Uh, I'd have to say McDonald's just because the fries are amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Xavier, I really appreciate your your time and I look forward to maybe here down the road doing another episode and talking more about uh, extraordinary athletes and everything. And again, just really want to appreciate you uh Appreciate the time you took to come on my podcast today. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Um, excited that you're you're putting this podcast out. I think it's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that people are going to be able to take in. A lot of cool content, and uh, excited to see where it kind of goes. But appreciate Perfect. you having me. Absolutely, Xavier Scruggs.